Welcome to All About the Benefits. This show is dedicated to helping you better understand the world of benefits so that you can better serve those that serve you. And now, here's your host, Lori Jewett. All right, you guys, thanks for hopping on again. I appreciate you, especially those of you that are consistently on every week and leaving feedback. And I always welcome your five-star reviews and requests of who you want to hear here on the show. So I am today, I'm super excited because I'm with my dad. I hadn't decided how I was going to do that. So I'm just going to go out the gate and be like, I'm with my dad today. So my dad, Mark Coberly, and I'm going to let you introduce yourself and, you know, kind of talk about your background just a little bit and then we'll take it from there. Okay. Well, first I got to introduce you because I don't know if anyone's ever introduced you. And I was going to introduce you as the most beautiful and most talented young lady that I've ever known, Aww. which is Lori. So also, a.k.a. Pumpkin. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, a little bit about me. So, uh, of course, name's Mark Coberly, and I'm the North American General Service Manager for a company called JCB. And we're actually the third largest equipment manufacturer in the world. So, um, you know, and I, I, uh, I support, I don't like to use the word manage, but I support a team of 28 uh, guys. That's uh, that actually support the product and the customer in the field at the time that they it's physically purchased. So we're responsible for any down product and responsible for the revenue of the dealers within Canada, the United States, and the Caribbean. So a good good chunk of territory. Today. I one of my favorite things. I travel a lot, and one of my favorite things is everywhere I go, I see JCBs. I've seen yes. them in Costa Rica, in Jamaica, like all over the place. Um, and actually, we took a picture one day. We were on a horseback ride out in the back of our property, and there was a JCB out there. Yeah. So we, yeah, we, we, we always take pictures of the JCBs and send them to you. So, you know, one of the things on you put on, you know, the, your questionnaire at the beginning, whenever you booked your time slot was, you know, you mentioned your military. And then that was where your leadership kind of started. So tell us a little bit about how the military life kind of impacted your leadership style. Yeah, so um, as you know, I joined the military very young, and I'd done ten years in in the in the U.S. Army, and um, I was uh, I actually had two MOSs, so eleven uh, B, so which is the infantry, and then a Cav Scout. But the going up through the ranks and getting into the NCO ranks, as I went through those leadership courses, um, I it was probably my well, without a doubt, was the first time I was put into those those roles of having people that I was responsible for. So uh, going back to the very first course, uh, there, there, was a, there was the biggest impact on me to understand what a leadership role was. And this is, may frighten a lot of people when I say this, but uh, the NCO that was actually doing the course and I was in there with a lot of other uh, infantry guys uh, came out and when he, you know, he talked about the course and that, he actually said, hey, by, by a show of hands, I'm not gonna punish anyone. How many of you all know an NCO that uh, if we haven't gotten to a war, they you know one, someone has said it or you've said it, said, you know, I'm going to shoot that guy in the back first time I get a chance. And everybody raised their hand. And he said, I'm going to teach you how not to be that NCO, which was a huge impact on me. And he went down the path of being an actual part of the team and not someone that's physically lording over them. Managing, managing them from a support point. You're part of that team and you support that team. 
So that drove, that was the actual first starting point, And then it kind of went from there. And the fact that you remember that all this time later and you lead using that, um, I have an example that I'm going to bring up here in a few minutes of something that just impacted me my entire life. Um, that's there's so many of us, myself included, that could use just a um, reality check like that because it, so many people get into leadership, especially people that get into leadership when they're super young without a lot of experience. And they're the boss and it's this. And I don't know about you, but my least favorite word at work is boss. No one calls me that. Yes. No, we, I don't like it either. We don't, we don't celebrate bosses day. I think I've gotten cards from my team before that said like happy Lori day or things like that. But I don't like that word because um, I'm, I'm picturing the, oh, the GIF thing or your meme. I don't know. I, I'm getting way too old. I don't know all the words or how to pronounce them. But that has the picture of the person, you know, I don't know, pulling something with their team behind them. Yes, it's the big block. It's the yes. Egyptian with the block and there's a guy sitting on it with like a whip and he's trekking yes. and then there's then the same picture below, but he's in front. And that's a great analogy because I've used that one myself. And I always tell everybody, I say, some people look at that. And they'll say, look, he's supporting the team. I say, he is. He's down there now pulling it. But in reality, he's also doing more, which is what he should be doing. A boss, or should I say a management or leadership should actually be doing more than the employees because he's not only just supporting and helping pull the block. He's also deciding where we're going to pull it, how are we going to pull it there? So his, his input is way more at the end of the day. So he's got way more tasks to do and he should always have more tasks. Some people think, oh, I'm in charge, so I'll delegate and I do less. It's not true. You should do more. You accept love, that responsibility. I love, yeah. I love it when people tell me they want my job because they want to take it easy more. And I'm like, um, not really how it yes. works. Maybe, maybe I make it look, I make it look good. I don't know. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I want to bring up and I'm excited to bring up and my team hears this frequently that you taught me when I was a kid. And I'm not going to lie. When I was a kid, I hated you for it because it annoyed the crap out of me to hear these words come out of your mouth is a teenager and I'm raising a teenager now, so I get it, but it's making me more mindful of the lessons I try and teach her because I'm like, let me not harp on the little stupid things. Let's talk about the important stuff. And one of the things that you taught me that has stuck with me for life is guilty by association. There's literally a chapter in the book that I'm writing on that topic, guilty by association. And it's not just negative. As a teenager, I heard it's a negative thing. And you know, there was the boy with the big Jinko jeans and I think back yeah. now, last I heard he was in jail. So thanks for uh, helping me dodge that bullet. But, um, you know, th yes, they, when we say guilty by association, that's kind of where our brains go. But it can go the other way also. You know, I, I get tons of Facebook friends requ friend requests. And if I notice that someone that I have, you know, certain people, there's certain people that if we have a mutual friend, I know they vetted this person. And I want to be that certain person for, for other people. You know, I tell people, if, if you get a friend request and we're mutual friends, they're probably a good person. They're probably, you know, not going to spam you or post all sorts of political stuff. You know, there's I it, a real example of how I just recently used this is I was in the process of considering hiring someone to coach me on a certain topic on a kind of a side gig I want to do and was super excited about it. We had a great onboarding call, like everything was their discovery call. Everything was great. And then I saw that this person was involved in a venture with someone who does not share my core values, does not match up to my vision and mission, 
And I hate to be that way. I hate to judge a person on it. But if you're that involved with someone that doesn't have integrity, then I don't want to be around you. And that's something that literally is his, you know, just followed me all the way through life. And the same thing, you know, we talk about personal recruiting in my world a lot. And we all have ex agents or something. It'll be like, Hey, I have somebody that'll be great for you. And I'm like, well, <laughs> but there's also those people that I'm like, fantastic. I trust your judgment, you know, bring them on in. So do you still utilize that, you know, life lesson that you taught Christy and I on a daily basis or weekly? I or do. Weekly? I, yeah, no, I actually do. And I can think of a lot of them. I, I told you all through the years and, um, and I know me and you have got a ton of funny stories as I've got a, fun, a ton of funny stories with Christy of things that transpired and happened as you were kids and how we handled them. And, um, uh, you know, there's even the, the stairs one that I won't mention, but, uh, I did not throw her down the stairs. No, not that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's not talk about that one. My teenager listens. <laughs> so, um, but, um, but, but a lot of that, a lot of the things that, that I taught you, you two, as we were going up through, you were growing up through lives are things that I actually learned. So I, you know, my life lessons go back to my own mom and dad uh, through the military and, and a lot of different NCOs and, and officers that mentored me as, as I was coming through. Your grandfather, um, you know, uh, Charlie Streisner, huge mentor and, and, and uh, taught me a ton. And that list goes on and on. I mean, to, to uh, all my kids, you know, all taught me something. I am not going to say that I know it all. You guys all taught me something at one point in my life. Um, all the way down to to Dora today, you know, constantly is is there to 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 teach me things and maybe bring me back in line. But uh, because the lessons never end, they go on and on. Mm -hmm. But it's how you use them, and uh, and it's and it's how you how you you take advantage of a moment. I was actually listening to a speech the other day that was done by Kurt Warner. I don't know if you know Kurt Warner, famous quarterback, and his introductory into the Hall of Fame, and he was talking about. Uh, how you define a moment or how you take a moment. Cause a lot of us just take moments for granted and taken from a, a negative moment and trying to figure out how to turn it into a positive to the most positive moment and what you can actually do with that. We, we forget about some of these and how they, we learn and, and, and grow upon every single moment in the day and what physically transpires or happens. So, but yeah, so I, I owe a lot from you. Know, right? I wrote that down because I want to, um, look him up and look into that. And I, I hundred percent agree with that. You know, Christy, when we were talking and for those of you who were, well, nobody was on here before we hit record. My little sister spent all day yesterday, basically harassing dad, getting him nervous about what I was going to ask on here. Um, and thought it was hilarious, but you know, one of the things that she said that you taught her the big lesson, of course, there's, there's hundreds of lessons we learned growing up, but we all have certain things that just stick with us. And hers, she said, was if you're going to do something, don't half-ass it, do it or don't commit yes. to it. And I think that's a great lesson that a lot of people need to learn. Yeah, I, I, I gave them, I gave her an example at one point and it was just recent. I said, you know, when you, when you walk by somebody's lawn and it's, and it's not mowed, you know, someone will walk by your lawn and say, look, you know, a lazy individual. So, but if you go out there and you mow it and don't edge it, you know, you just roughly mow it and leave it half mowed, then, then it, you actually become two things at that point. That is, not only they walk by and go, God, they're lazy. It's like they're incompetent also. So if you're going to do it, put 100% into it. Make it well worth what you're doing. 
So unfortunately, I'm looking out the window to my yard and I'm like, oh, good thing we don't have a lot of neighbors. <laughs> That's why we have horses to eat. And all mine's immaculate. I'll tell you. I'll I, tell I you right now. It always has been. And your dang white new balances. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So um, that's like, uh, show me your credit score without showing me your credit score. The the, the white new balances. And that's it's funny because when right. when I see right. jokes about that, I'm like, dude, my dad was wearing white new balances before it was cool. And he has a green pair that he used oh, yeah, yeah. for, for yeah. grass. Yeah. That like was dyed green from all the grass. Right. Right. So. But, but but I will say that I find your topic interesting and I, you know, the benefits piece and what are benefits and what you, what do they mean to you? Because the one thing I want to say, and I did say it in that, that little, the questionnaire you asked me, was everybody goes to the easy things of a benefit, 401k, vacation, sick time, blah, blah, blah. The list goes on and on and on. JGB does offer a lot of great things. They offer college tuition, apprenticeship programs. We even have a program now that offers the uh, people that are physically in college. We will actually pay them to set hourly pay to sit there at that college seat with a commitment to the company. So there's a lot of great things that they offer. But I think the piece that most companies forget about is those those individuals, those men and women that are setting in leadership roles, what's the benefit that they add to the employee? Because I can offer you everything in the world that is the greatest you'll ever get from a benefit package. But if the leadership is not there and it's terrible, you're not going to stay. If you're not happy with what you do, you're not going to stay. So that though, that individual over top of you, and I take good pride, and I know some of the guys that work for me are going to listen to this, and I take an extreme pride in how I treat them, and I know their wives' names, I know their children's name, I talk to them constantly about personal things, not just work. I am there for them, and the greatest, uh, uh, one of the one of the great. Um, moments where one of my guys, and it was just it was just recent, it was just this year, a couple months ago, because I'm not on Facebook anymore. Uh, Lori reminded me of that. And for those that want to know why I'm not on Facebook anymore, it's because I got tired of, of seeing or uh, all of my friends' thoughts and feelings and thinking, God, I don't want to know them anymore. So I just got <laughs> off. I thought, I'm done with it. I would rather know them from the, the face-to-face <laughs> side, because everyone's got these things that they like to post, but they don't do it in real life. So I got off, but I'm still on LinkedIn and I've actually posted a, a bit with, Are the, you? Uh, you know, the, I'm gonna have to I am on LinkedIn. Okay. I am. Tiffany, I, Tiffany is probably listening to this thinking, I told you to get on LinkedIn because I have a LinkedIn. And oh I yeah. LinkedIn, yeah. So, okay. And I'm an active member. I'm, I'm active on it instead of Facebook. And, Good. I mean, and, less and I stick to the business side, but I've actually posted where this write up about, uh, you know, um, the, uh, um, oh goodness gracious! Uh, the the leader of uh, um, Ukraine and the and with with the Russian attack over there, um, and it showed him sitting with his men and eating with them, and and they were saying, you know, true leadership. He puts himself on the front lines, and I posted it and I said, this is what leadership means to me. And one of my guys physically came back to me and said. Just so you know, it is a majority of the guys, all of us believe that that is you. You you are that same person. It was one of the greatest compliments I've ever had. And it was from my own staff. Yeah. And like I said, it's because I stay there with them. But that's that piece that companies sometimes forget about is if you've got bad leaders in play and they're not part of that team, you're not going to keep those people on board no matter what you offer. Because they'll go somewhere else and, and work for a lower price to be happy. 
because everyone wants to come home and 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 not bring work home and be mad at the wife, mad at the husband or children or whatever. Everybody says, oh, you just go home and kick the dog. No one wants to feel that way. They want to call and say, have a great day. Love what I do. And, and so those are important pieces. And sometimes it's so forgotten. But I can honestly say, and, and I'm not trying to plug JCB here, from a leadership standpoint, above me, I feel the same to the guys and gals that work above me, like uh, Roy Kerr, uh, Richard Fox Myers, Phil Shaw, you know, Andrew Willen, Richard Johnny. I mean, the list goes on. I don't know, Tanya Poole. They're all VPs and CEOs, but they, they are that same group of individuals, which is what makes me stay. If it wasn't them, then I would move on to other places. But it's so, so important. Well, and it trickles down too, because yeah. you saw them lead that way, which causes you and other people are seeing you lead that way, which it creates them too. And the opposite is like you said, the opposite is true as well. You know, I, we've had situations where we, you know, you get into that kind of desperation mode sometimes and we didn't want to let a person go. Well, what wound up happening is not only did we lose that person because we finally did let her go. We lost an, an amazing, amazing leadership team, team of, you know, agents because we were so scared to, you know, cut the fat or get out of that scare. You know, we were living in the scarcity mindset that it yeah. wound up just causing, you know, toxicity all, all through. So you're a hundred percent right. And I think that is something that is incredibly important for businesses or leaders, people, anyone that is doing hiring and recruiting right now, unfortunately, I'm seeing, I don't know if you're seeing it, you know, out and about, but I'm seeing a lot of people in positions that they should not be in. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Which has caused its own little problems within the you know, from a worldwide business community. From you know, we we looking at blaming COVID for a lot of things now that COVID's not fully responsible for. Some of it's yeah. based off of what companies have decided to do in hiring individuals or putting people into leadership positions that they don't belong there, and they're driving the companies into the wrong directions. Mm. Uh, but yes, no, hundred percent. And the job market's huge out there. It's massive because there is nobody wants to work. Now, I'm not going anywhere, but the market is massive. Mm -hmm. So opportunities are everywhere that you speak. But, but that's another piece, just even talking about opportunities. You know, how, what is the opportunity for an employee? We can all, you know, everybody during their process says, oh, you got the opportunity to do this or this or this mm -hmm. or this. But do you really have it? And, it's, and you can easily or quickly figure it out once you're within any, with inside any organization. And if you don't have opportunity, who wants to stay? Well, you remember, I'm not going to mention the name of the hotel, but the hotel that I worked at when I, when I met Dean yes. when I was younger. And that is the situation I was in is when I, I wanted at that time in my life, I wanted so badly to be in hospitality management. I wanted to run a hotel It is the only thing in the world I wanted at that time. And I, that's how they got me in was absolutely there's room for growth. Well, what I wasn't told it, maybe I was, maybe I didn't hear it. I don't know. I was 19 and not real smart. I let things in one ear, not the other, but is that you had to have at that particular time at that particular hotel chain, you had to have a college degree in hospitality. I am the world's worst college student. You know, you paid some of my college debt of classes that I didn't attend, but, um, you know, I was the worst. I, I had no interest in going to college. That is not my thing. You know, my Taya wants to go to college. That's fantastic. You know, I, Christy is very well educated. My little sister but it wasn't for me. So I couldn't move up. And they literally, it's funny when you said, is there really opportunity? Cause I got to thinking about, they literally made up a position for me 
And it, all yes. they did was put it, do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. All, yeah. The, all they did was put it on like a little gold name tag. And I, I don't even remember what it was called, guest services or something. I don't know. They made up a, a title to me and I yeah. hung out in the lobby for half of my shifts and handed out cookies and lemonade. And I didn't have to wear the uniform when I was doing that. I got to wear my pretty like, right. Right. which in hindsight, I had to buy my own clothes for 50 cents extra an hour. Like that was stupid on my part, but. Um, but it know, made a difference. It probably gave you a positive feeling at least. It did. And you know what? It kept me for at least another probably year or two. Then they did move me up when there was a position available. But at that point, I was still not where I wanted to be. I was the at your service manager. I managed the department that people call to complain. Like that sucked. I like happy people. Um, People ask all the time, like about my phone anxiety and where it started. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it started in the hotel industry. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I'm not going to say that we would have still been there because, you know, we moved for, you know, Dean's career originally, which then became our career. Yeah. But I probably would not have been so anxious. I put a nine months notice when I found out I was pregnant with Taya. I'm like, all right, y'all, I'm out in nine months because I wanted to be, you know, wanted to move on. Um, but had I there been a little bit more opportunity, like I couldn't even be a front office manager because I didn't have a degree. And looking back, it's really funny because now so many companies are taking the degree requirement away. That they you don't are. have to have a degree. And I'm like, well, you're you're just like 19 years too late on that, but. <laughs> but you were talking about some of, you know, how you were, you're smarter now than what you used to be. And I always tell everybody, you know, we all have to go through the dumb stage to get smart. None of us come out smart. Yeah. We don't yeah. learn that way. So, and, and, and I uh, am, and I tell everybody this when they, when we talk about our children and I talk about my kids and, you know, I always say this, I never talk about things that y'all have done badly or wrong when you were kids. I always say this. So that would be hard. (laughs) I say, I thank God for every mistake they made because it's what made them who they are today. Those were the life lessons that that made them grow up much faster and become who they are. You know, those children that are held tightly and securely and not let loose, you know, they don't have opportunities to grow. And you guys always had opportunities to grow. You made mistakes and that was great. Because you learn from them, move forward. None of you are sitting in prison. You all got great jobs, and you're 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 great moms and dads, and doing great things. And, and it's because you were you were able to make mistakes. And make, making a mistake means you tried something also. So my uh, my childhood is like flashing before my eyes. I'm like, oh, so many bad choices. <laughs> but I, I've been. I've been struggling with trying to figure out how much of that I want to divulge in my book. Like, how much do I really want people to know about the dumb choices I made when I was younger? So, so far, I haven't really divulged. Well, I can think of a few chapters. I could think of a few chapters we can write together. Uh, Okay. Uh, (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) my mind, now I'm, I'm giggling, my mind's racing, but We'll talk about that when we're not recording and make sure that you're thinking of the same things I'm thinking or not. But, you know, another thing that I, and I'm super excited, I actually booked the person, Deanna is her name, that actually I think it's Deanna. Maybe it's Deanne. It's Deanna. Anyway, um, she is going to be on my podcast next month. And I'm super excited because she had one post that just absolutely blew my mind on Facebook. And it was, I shared it with my team. I copied it and actually like put it in my notes section so I can read through it when I need the reminder but it was essentially, I'm not going to read it verbatim, but essentially the common sense is not so common. 
because all of our common sense is different. You were raised differently than than I was. I would, you know, I was raised differently than Tay is being raised and Dean and everybody around me. We see different things growing up. We see different things in our, you know, the beginning of our careers. So for something that I consider as common sense, you know, okay, just a real world example, empty the lint trap. That seems like common sense, right? But for yes, someone that has yeah. never used a dryer before, that, you know, never had to do their own laundry as a kid, they're not going to be, and I'm using that as an example. And my kid's been doing her own laundry since she was like six, but the lint trap yesterday, I'm like, has it ever been emptied? Nope. Um, she cleaned her room. And so all of her clothes got washed because everything was in the floor. Does that sound familiar, dad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you know, little things like that, that we don't think about. And in leadership, that is incredibly important because when people come in, you know, I've gone through a lot of sales trainings. I've gone through a lot of, you know, Dean and I do a lot of like psychology of sales trainings. And so for me, I know that you don't want to use the word insurance. You want to use the word benefit, but new people come in and they'll be talking to somebody and use the word insurance 12 times. Well, the second time they use that word, it becomes a, a, a cost instead of a, a benefit and a need, right? And there's little things like that. Huh. I never thought about that. That's a great point. I never thought about that. But yeah, you're right. When you say insurance, you're thinking a cost and a benefit. You think total difference. Agreed, 100%. Yeah. And I mean, sell or provide. I'm here to I'm here yeah. to sell your employees benefits or I'm here to provide necessary benefits to help protect your employees and their families in the event of a cat catastrophic financial loss. Yeah. Dean's favorite phrase yeah. ever is catastrophic financial loss. Try yes. teaching brand new agents that have no like public speaking experience that they're like, how does what? Yeah, no, that's a good point though. Not until you just said it. So yeah. So, but in leadership, and I that's something I still am working on. And my whole team, if they're listening to this, is probably thinking, uh-huh, practice what you preach. I am, I'm I'm practicing that, but I need that reminder, which is why I literally I have that on the notes in my phone. So if I start getting frustrated yes. with someone that's out of their control, or you know, even with kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I guarantee you, Christy and I both had different common sense stuff that you had to deal with teaching us when we were growing up. I mean, it's just. As, as we talk, there is many things that run through my mind. <laughs> but nothing, nothing real bad. They're all mischievous things. And listen, you've heard the stories of me when I was a kid, especially oh, the cornfield. Can we that tell I, that I one? Can you please tell that story? That is my favorite story that anyone has ever told in the history of ever. I can. I can tell that. So when I was a very young man, I decided at one point and I, and I lived out in, the, out in the country and there was cornfields on each side of the house. And my best friend lived right across the street. And so it, it, I'd spent the night in his house. It was a weekend and, and we were about 13 years old and the, the corn was good and wet and it was at full height. So the fields get good and wet so you can pull the stocks up with the mud still attached at the bottom. And we'd come up with the idea of actually pull, going to the center of the fields and pulling up these corn stalks, which we pulled up a tons of them. And we had smashed this mud down going across the ditch in the road. And we went probably six, seven rows back. So as you're driving down the road and there's a cornfield on each side of you, it looks like you're driving right into a cornfield that just grew right in the middle of the road. And then we run into the cornfield hiding and only in our minds, we're thinking, because we didn't want to hurt anybody. We're thinking, you know, someone's just going to stop and they're going to yell a little bit. They'll figure it out and eventually knock down the corn. And, drop. and the first thing that happens, here comes a car and we're laughing and giggling, thinking, God, this is going to be great. And we hear these, lock, these, these wheels lock up and they 
crashed into the ditch. And then these blue lights come on because it was the county sheriff that had crashed. And we're so stupid. Of course, he knocks on the door right there where we live because we did it right by our house. And my dad, he knew instantly it was me. He calls me out. And I come out. And of course, back then, you know, parents would, you know, give you a good whacking. And so I got a good whacking in front of the county sheriff. But yeah, I've told my kids that story. So I was not an angel at all. So um, your mother is the first that. person that told me that story. But the, you forgot the best part. How did the sheriff know what house to go to? What's that? The muddy footprints. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, we weren't smart at all. We weren't smart. So, uh, But we thought we had a really good prank to pull, but it, it backfired on us. And you learned a lesson, right? Probably a lot of them that night. <laughs> I did. Yes. And it's it's little things like that. Well, one, I just, I absolutely love that story because it makes me laugh every time. I almost muted myself because I was afraid I was going to laugh like in, over you. But, you know, we have little things that happen in our lives that we learn from that we don't necessarily always realize that we, you know, sometimes we don't want to realize the lesson. Right. We're, we're yeah. using it in our life. We're using it in leadership or parenting or whatever it is. And we don't really realize where that came from. I had something recently that I can't remember even what it was, but I had something recently that I'm like, holy crap. And I tracked it back to a lesson that I didn't realize I'd learned from something stupid I did when I was younger. So yeah. Um, yeah. what, you know, you already talked about what word benefit means to you, which I obviously love not part to be partial or anything, but that might be my favorite explanation because that you're absolutely right. You know, people don't think about, that yeah we have to go an amazing benefit package but you're going to get yelled at every time you come in because you've got a boss and not a leader um what other i mean you lead a pretty big team and you to my knowledge you don't have a ton of turnover in your team because you take care of them so what other than the things we've already talked about what advice do you have to people especially now um as far as avoiding that turnover so i like i say i pride myself and knowing each one of the guys that are with me beyond just who they are, but to their family. And I try to tell everyone when you're making a decision that's going to impact the group, I don't look at what, how this decision is going to impact 28 other guys that I'm supporting. It's impacting a wife behind them, children behind them, a house payment behind them. So all these other things. So that makes my decision, a little, I think, a little bit more harder on it. how I'm going to fix physically implement this. How is it going to impact their way of life, their, their family life? Um, because sometimes you might have to make decisions where you let people go. Maybe sometimes you may make, you know, have to make decisions that, uh, you know, are going to uh, grow the business. But you know, there's going to be sacrifices in the, in the process. But so I don't take anything lightly. So, and the guys know that, and they know that I, I, you know, I'm going to be the guy that's always there for them. I'll step in wherever I can. I pride myself that if one of them goes on vacation, I don't say, hey, uh, you know, point one with the others and say, you're filling in his role. I fill in their role. Uh, I don't push off other work onto the other guys that I should be taking the, the, the lead on. Um, I know all of the, the systems. So I, I can manage it because I live it. So I know how to put in everything that they know how to do. I know how to do it. And I do it with them. So they see me also as part of the team. Uh, I don't micromanage. I don't believe in that. And I always tell them this. I say, listen, I'm not, I'm not managing a bunch of children. I'm managing uh, gentlemen that are uh, 
of age and can make their own decisions. And I always tell them, says, if you can't make a decision, I don't need you. I need somebody that can make a decision. If it's wrong, I won't let you go. We'll have a discussion on maybe how you should have done it differently and you can learn from it, but I will never let you go for making a decision. If you can't make one, why do I have you employed? And they, because these are their territory managers, so they have to be able to, to act on their own. So I, I feel like I treat them right. I treat them the way I would want to be treated. And I think a lot of people need to look at that. It's like, you know, Dora always talks about the golden rule. Do unto others as you have them do unto you. I actually do that when I'm in position. So I try to think, how would I want someone to react at this particular moment in time? And then go down that path. So and it works out well. And, and I, I know for a fact that I've got a lot of loyal guys, but they know at the same time I'm loyal. Mm-hmm. And it goes both ways. So Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's key. And there's not a lot. Fortunately, there's not a lot of leaders out there that could probably say that. And if they can't say that, they need to do a Mm self-evaluation of who they are as a person. And they need to look at what they do, how it impacts beyond just that individual, like say their wives, their kids and all that, just as a decision above them can impact their, their, their family's life. Yeah, no, I I absolutely love that. And that's one of the things that's funny because right before we got on here, I got a video from um, one of the managers on my team and it was her um, three-year-old, almost three-year-old, two and a half-year-old. He's about Denny's age. So, excuse me, he's a little younger than Denny, but so almost three years old of him saying, I love you, Auntie Lori. And you know, that is, I tell people things like that. One day I was in a career overview and this is like, Tiffany, I didn't realize was on the other side of the wall and heard everything I said. And when I walked out, she was rolling because somehow I got on a, a, like a tangent and I'm in my career overview. I've got like five or six people in front of me. And for some reason, I started talking about Tiffany potty training her son. Like, I have no idea why, how that came up. And I'm like, well, that tells you how close we are. I it just like, it was the weirdest thing, but that, you know, I think of those things, like you said, of, <clears throat> and I think just to expand on what you said, when you're hiring people and looking for the team, if you, if they don't match your core values and your vision, or at least understand to be able to start, you know, getting to the point where they, they match your vision, then you're not going to care about their families. I mean, at least that's me, because if I don't, if I don't like you as a person, I really don't want you on my team. And I've made the desperate decisions. I've made the, you know, the decision to have people that, like you said, can't make a decision on their own. And um, yeah, so that's absolutely a great point. Yeah. Well, I am not going to say what I'm famous for saying. I I have a horrible habit of saying, well, I'm not going to keep you much longer and then talking for 20 more minutes. And it's like become, I think that just needs to be the name of my podcast. It's not going to be all about the benefits anymore. It's going to be, I'm not going to keep you much longer. The home of three hour podcasts. (laughs) Yeah, this is Lori's 30 to 30 minute to three hour podcast, depending upon the guest. Pretty much. (laughs) so actually the guest that's going to be on in two weeks that we when we recorded his afterwards and talk about intimidating this guy is my public speaking coach oh yeah yeah. so that was incredibly intimidating and he's going to be on his episode will air in two weeks but afterwards the day a day or two after we um recorded his episode we got on a, a training call and there were four of us on the call. It was me, which I'm on. I think this is like my 16th or 17th episode, which I made it past eight. I beat the statistic. So, yes. um, but we st- eight is it? That's it. Most people don't make it to their eighth episode. Really? 
Yeah. Wow. Next what lady? episode? Of um, in 16, 17? 17? Somewhere around there. I don't remember. I try not to count the ones I did by myself, like the intro and stuff. Oh, okay. Um, so I, th- I think this is like 16. Okay. But, which is good because in the beginning, I didn't have the confidence. I would have been so nervous to interview you. Dean is on my like top 25 to interview list and I am terrified because why? It's a man I've lived with for 17 years. Like, why am I scared? I don't know. Oh, it should go good. It's okay. your great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. My great opportunity to be quiet because Dean will take over and rant about something. <laughs> then, but I know that he'll bring value, so I'm not really all that worried about it. But um, we got on that that call after the podcast, and the someone asked the question of you know how long should a podcast episode be, and the coach actually threw the question to me, and he said, "Lori, you know, you know, you know this." answer the question. And I'm like, Oh, I hope he's not going to like my answer to the question. But my answer was, you know, podcast coaches and all the gurus will tell you 25 to 30 minutes because that's the average commute in the U S and it'd be one way. Well, my commute is between one and two hours a day. So I'm like, give me the long podcasts, but also bring value the whole time. And so my answer was, this is what you're going to hear. But I have some people that at like the 20 minute mark, I'm trying to figure out a way because we've ran out of important things to say. I don't want to not bring value and just be rambling. But if, if I have somebody that's on that brings value for, you know, an hour, two hours, whatever, I haven't gone that long yet, but then I would listen to that podcast as long as it's not just, you know, incoherent rambling. If it's. Well, you make it a part. Huh? You make it a part two. That's a good idea. Well, And another person that I just interviewed that's going to air next week, and I'm super excited about him, his name's Doug. And he pointed out, because I, I I knew that I booked him for 30 minutes, and I know how incredibly busy he is. And he, I mean, this guy, he's got multiple businesses. He literally came out with an energy drink for his, for his team. They do oh, solar. Wow. And so he came out with an energy drink called Arjuna Energy. Eventually, enough of us are going to tell him to that he's going to like go public with it and sell it to the stores because it is legit the best thing I've ever drank like energy drink wise. So good. It's pineapple flavor. But anyway, yeah. he said, I, I was nervous about the time. And so I'm like, all right. And I ended it and it wasn't abrupt or anything. It was still natural, but I ended it at that time. And afterwards he has his own podcast as well that I'm, I'm a very consistent listener to. And his point was ask people before, which is why I asked you if there are any time constraints, if we go over the half hour. And he uh-huh. said, as long as you're bringing value, keep bringing the value. And people will appreciate that. Your listeners will appreciate, you know, in respect of that. And if, and he pointed out, he said, if you ever, ever had a podcast that you had to pause and then restart it? And I'm like, yeah, I've gone back to podcasts like days later. So good point. Because I would never life. have, so know this, I would never have a time restraint for any of my kids. Aww. Ever. <laughs> I am always here for you. Aww. However much you need me. Well, I love you for that, but I'm going to love you even more whenever you end the podcast with what I told you that you had in the podcast with. Oh, I, 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 I can already say that because, you know, um, you are the favorite, got a doubt. You're the oldest. You're the oldest. You're, 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 you're the first of all of my girls. So, of course, you become the favorite. And, and Christy has worked her way, way down any list. She wouldn't even take a cake bribe. So. She wouldn't what? Take a cake bribe. Cake bribe. Oh, 
<laughs> I offered her, I was going to buy her cake for life. <laughs> I'll take cake for life. <laughs> I, I, I will take that. Well, thank you. And I'm excited. I'm going to have to like post this and tag Chrissy in it whenever it airs. But well, is there anything that okay. you wanted to, to say that you didn't get to, to chime in about leadership management, anything like that? I feel like we've brought, you've brought a ton of value. We've talked about a lot. No, I'm good. I'm good. I think we, we covered, I agree. We covered a good bit. So I think awesome. we covered the people that, that, that look at leadership and, and, uh, and uh, you know, make people think about how they're treating another individual. I think that's a key piece. The yeah, oh, absolutely. Basics. Uh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy traveling all over the place, um, but thank you. I love you. And thanks for helping me become confident in who I am. And thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of All About the Benefits. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Until next time, friends. 